In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who places us into this world so that He can show something of Himself. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, throughout this entire sermon series, I have advocated you getting your cell phones or your devices out. Um, and, and so go ahead and do that. Um, uh, I definitely um, want you to uh, get that out and um, pull up your camera and um, I definitely um, I want you to, to do this. So if you do have one with you or if you have your, your iPad with you or you know, wh- whatever it is that, that you take pictures on or, or whatever, uh, get that thing out. And um, here's what I want you to do, and, and this is going to be um, uh, integral for understanding the sermon. Um, what I want you to do is um, just go crazy and take a picture with somebody else in it. So we, we did the selfie thing uh, one week. Uh, the, next week we did, okay, what's, what was your last text? This week, take a picture with somebody. Go. You can get up even. Okay. Right. Oh, nope. I got to switch. Okay, there we go. Cheese. Cheese. <laughs> there you go. All right. Everybody do it? Good? Good? Now, now you have a picture. You will remember this Sunday forever. Um, and, and feel free to, to post that to, um, uh, to, to our Instagram account, um, which is uh, University Lutheran underscore FSU, or um, to our Twitter account, which is FSU Lutheran, um, uh, or um, you can just send it to me on Facebook. I'm Jay Winters. Um, uh, and then we'll make sure that it gets to uh, the University Lutheran Facebook page, which you can also post it there. Um, that is Facebook.com slash University Lutheran. Um, uh, and that wasn't just really an ad. I, I just really liked it see all of these pictures, um, and, and so definitely do that. Uh, and and the, the whole kind of thing today is all about this concept of, of a photobomb, and you know, it, you didn't really do a photobomb here, but it, it was close enough, because a photobomb is, is essentially um, uh, when you're taking a picture or, or uh, taking a picture of someone else or maybe of yourself, and something is happening in the background, and it just completely distracts from the picture. So maybe it's a very serious picture that you're going for, and there's a guy in a gorilla suit in the background. Or, or maybe you're going for a silly picture, and there's kind of some creepy guy who uh, kind of looks like he might do you harm in the background. And, and there, there's all of this, uh, there's a whole bunch of just different photos that you can look at, all of these different photo bombs. Uh, if you look, there, there's a Reddit list of photo bombs. There is an um, uh, entire Tumblr uh, devoted to just photo bombs. There's all of these different photo bombs that you can look up on the web. And some of them are kind of funny, and some of them are, well, um, sort of sad in a way. And there's all sorts of these different things. But essentially, what makes for a really good photobomb is that something is out of the ordinary in them. 
that, that there's something that's a little bit different, something that you don't expect. It, it's kind of a surprise, whether that's a good surprise or a bad surprise, there's still a surprise in it. And so maybe it's somebody who just decides that they want to ruin your photo, and so they jump into the, the middle of it. Or maybe it is somebody who is being completely unintentional about ruining your photo, but they still do it. And, and they're still there, and you still go, oh, goodness, wait, what's going on there? Well, in, in some ways, this little kid in our gospel reading is totally photobombing the disciples. Because the disciples are walking along and they're talking and Jesus has just said something really weird about like, well, you know, eventually these people, they're going to kill me and then I'm going to raise in three days. And the disciples who have probably gotten used to Jesus with some cryptic language and some parables have pretty much just written that off. Uh, Jesus says this stuff, and it, it just sort of seems like the disciples say, oh, okay, Jesus. Uh, so, um, and, and they're walking along the road. And as they're walking along the road, they're arguing about which one of them is the best disciple. And, and I really, uh, you know, it, it's a shame that none of the gospel writers put what that conversation was like. Because I would love to know. I would love to know if, you know, if Peter said, well, you know, um, I goof up a lot, so I must be the best disciple. I say a lot of strange things, and Jesus has to correct me, and therefore a lot of teaching happens. And that's not in the Bible, just so you know. But, or, or that, you know, you have some of the other disciples, maybe Bartholomew wades in, and he's like, hey, I just keep a low profile, and because of that, I am the greatest disciple ever. And as they're walking along, apparently this is out of earshot from Jesus. And Jesus is maybe walking ahead of the rest of them, and they're all in the back kind of arguing, okay, well, I'm greater, or you're greater, or maybe they're making nominations, and Peter is saying, well, no, actually, Bartholomew is the greatest. And they're getting into these, these conversations about who's great. And then when they stop, Jesus says, hey, what were you guys talking about? You guys seem pretty animated back there. And they're all super quiet. Just like you are right now. And they don't say a word. But Jesus knows. And that's when Jesus says, well, if you want to be great, you have to be last of all and servant to all. And if you want to receive the kingdom of God, you have to be like this little child. And in that day, children were, were kind of ignored. I mean, today we, we ignore children, definitely. But um, they were even more ignored back then. It's a lot like when I was a little kid, we went to one of those like historical reenactment things like we have here at the uh, San Luis, Luis Mission. And uh, I remember I went there with my parents, and it was like an 1800s kind of a thing. And I, I remember we were walking along, and I said something, and this big, gruff man at this 1800s historical reenactment thing looked at me, pointed at me, and said, Children should be seen and not heard. 
Well, well, that's a lot what it was like being a kid back in Jesus' time. You were supposed to be seen and not heard. You were supposed to just meld into the background of ordinary life. And then one day you would become a adult, and that's maybe when people would pay attention to you. Well, that sounds like a very weird existence in our world, because in our world, a lot of what we do is just about uh, bringing attention to ourselves. A lot of what we do on uh, our social media feeds, a lot of what we do on um, just in our life in general, the the way that we dress, the way that we act, the way that we uh, do this and don't do that, the choices that we make, a lot of times are all about bringing attention to ourselves. And so what Jesus does is he takes this child, this child who knows that his or her role is to not bring attention to to himself or to herself. And Jesus says, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you have to be like this. And all of a sudden, this whole big discussion that the disciples are having has been photobombed. There's something in the background that has changed everything that they're doing. They've been talking about who's greatest and who's least. And all of a sudden, Jesus has brought this child from the background into the foreground and said, this, this is what's important. And so then we get into these questions of, well, why is that child important? Well, maybe that child listened to what Jesus was saying in the first place, right? Maybe that child actually heard Jesus when he said, the Son of Man must um, be delivered over into the hands of men and then killed, and then he will raise again in three days. Because a part of the reason that the disciples probably were able to write Jesus off was that sounded crazy. Jesus, what do you mean you're going to die and then raise to life again? This must be one of those parables. A little bit more difficult to understand than the sower one, I guess. But the child could have very realistically taken that literally. Have you ever had that happen where you were kind of speaking metaphorically or you were um, uh, using an idiom or something like that, and all of a sudden a, a child asks you, Well, how does that work out? You know, if you said, I have to go see a man about a horse. And the child said, take me with you, please. I want to see this horse. And then you had to get into that awkward process of, well, I didn't actually mean a horse. And then the kid said, well, why did you say that? And, and, and that's a part of what's going on here in this text, is that Jesus is calling us to this sort of sense of simplicity about what he says. And I think so often in the Christian church, we can get away from some of that. We can get away from some of the simplicity of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And we can take a picture of ourselves and we can take a picture and see our life 
and then begin to justify away everything that's in that picture by saying, well, you know, theologically, my, my you know, horribly sinful life is, is really just okay because I'm forgiven and it's all right. But what Jesus is calling us to do is to actually believe what he's saying. Actually believe what is there in Scripture. And then we have to go to James. And when we look at James, we go, I'd rather just believe that that stuff doesn't matter. Because there's this big, long list of do-nots and do's. And am I actually supposed to live my life in that way? And Jesus' answer to that is, well, what would a kid say? If you brought these things to a child and you said, this is what Jesus has to say to you, what would a child's response be? child might be overwhelmed. child might even cry. But a child would take it seriously. So often, there are those times in our life where God's word photobombs our lives. Where all of a sudden, we take a picture of, of what we're doing. We're taking a picture of who we are. And all of a sudden, over there in the corner, we have this stray line from a sermon or this stray line from something that we read in the Bible. And it's there, and it really just kind of messes up our picture. Because we go, oh, yeah. I guess he was actually kind of serious about that. And then we kind of move into despair mode. And we cry, and rightfully so, because we've broken God's law. But into that, Jesus actually says, I do forgive you of your sins. Here you go. Completely clean slate. Here you are with that other thing that we know children well for is kind of this sense of innocence, this sense of, well, you know, I'm good. We see that in children, even when they know that they are not good. They will say, no, it's fine because I know that my mom and dad love me. I just lit the cat on fire, but I know that I'm still loved. That is a kid thing to say. And in actuality, that's a Christian thing to say. I know that Jesus loves me. Yes, I just lit the cat on fire, but Jesus loves me. I know that he's got my back. And he does that so that he can insert you into the picture of other people. So then you, in this bizarre way, are like a child who is inserted into the picture of other people in your life. So that when they're arguing about who's greatest and who's least, you can say, well, I'm neither. But I do know that I'm loved. And that's all that matters to me. I know that I'm loved by a God who died on a cross for me, who promises me not only eternal life, but promises me a better life right now 
because I know that I'm loved in this one. Amen.